Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Shabazz and today I am joined by my two other lovely co-hosts who I don't have a nickname for today because my allergies are just kicking my butt and I can't think of anything clever for Daniel today, so I'm going to call you Daniel. That's good. I'm actually Anthony because oh, your allergies whole... must be blinding you as well, too. <laughs> it's the cataracts in my eyes. I'm Damn. so sorry. Uh, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Yeah. I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. You know, just other than the allergies, which I sneezed like 18 times on the way here today okay. while driving, which I'm sure is it's a curse. Yeah, and it's also a short drive here, so it's... It's very short. That's, <laughs> yeah. it's, if that's actually how You're just I, sneezing the entire drive here. That's actually how I calculate distance. I'm like, it took me 18 sneezes, 18 sneezes to get there. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't that far yeah. then. And Anthony, Anthony, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How Hello, everyone. Uh, I don't have anything today. He defeated so. them today. I don't know if it's allergies, allergies or something else. We were always allergies, brothers. Well, I mean, I also don't, I can't taste or smell anymore. That's part of allergies, That's right? part of it. But I think Anthony actually challenged his allergies to a basketball game. And no. Anthony won. Well, you challenged him to, to Dom Ball. <laughs> and he won. So yeah. now How he doesn't have them anymore. Get, Anthony? A thousand points. That was just a one shot. Style, style points. <laughs> style, style points. points. <laughs> it's all it's like, literally just one shot. Just yeah, one, one shot. shot. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys are doing well today. As always, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at the Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, TikTok, and more soon. Maybe one day in the future when they announce a hybrid social media app that includes everything. We'll be on there too. We'll be on it. Anything that is social... We're on. I think we just, I, we keep saying it as a joke, but I honestly think we should bring back MySpace. I, did it even leave? I think it's still it's, there. It's there. We should probably make an account. Just, you know? Just for the Just fun. in case somebody's looking for us, myspace.com slash the movie We podcast. can put all of our original songs on there. Yeah. Okay. That, we, that we've been making throughout this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We are still on the hunt right now for 200 five-star reviewer, uh, reviews. And reviewers, I guess. It's that, that, both. Both are accurate. Both. It makes sense. And join our Discord. We're having some great conversations on there. All that is in the show notes down below. Let me kick it over to D-A-N-I-E-L for our announcements. Thank you very much, Shay. Yeah, so we do have some very cool announcements for this episode of the movie podcast. We're coming off an amazing month of interviews. Tony Bancroft, he's a Disney animation legend. He also did some animation for Space Jam A New Legacy. And, of course, directed Mulan. Tara Strong, voice of Miss Minutes. Gabriel Berestein, cinematographer of Black Widow. And Billy McClellan, who was an actor and he was just in the film Nobody. Um, speaking of interviews, very soon on the movie podcast, as in probably in about three or four minutes, we're going to be cutting to our interview with Loki director Kate Heron. We were so lucky to talk to her. We had a little small time to talk to her, but we were super thankful to talk to her about the finale, about Jonathan Majors what's coming next and more. So stay tuned for that conversation. Um, reviews that we have this week, Black Widow, Space Jam, Fear Street Trilogy, and so many more things you could listen to. This week, we're going to have our reviews for Snake Eyes and Old. Sorry, those are very strange words put together. Old Snake Eyes. Old Snake Eyes. Yield Snake Eyes, you Yield know? Yield Snake Eyes. Also, thank you so much to everybody who entered into our Nobody Blu-ray giveaway. Uh, we have sent the winners their copies. So if that was you... You know, keep checking those mailboxes. Keep refreshing your mailboxes. As in your real life mailboxes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Real Go life outside. mailboxes. Call Canada Post. Call Canada Post. See what's going on. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. 
Let's get into it. Should I do the mailbag? Should I, do I do the mailbag sound? You Can should you guys do it. help me with it. We'll do it. Okay. Let's get into the mailbag. Mailbag. Are you in space? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony was like shooting lasers. Like pew 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 pew. pew, pew, pew. He's like, shooting the mail. Pork in a post, man. <laughs> I'm trying to deliver these Blu-rays, and now I'm getting shot at. Who's like, shooting these lasers at me? It's it's Anthony. <laughs> Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Space Jam changed you, man. That's what happened. I'm telling you, man. He won his game, and he's hyped now. Now he's hyped. He's ready for LeBron. He's part of the goon squad now. All right. Well, let's get to our mailbag here. Hey, with movie theaters opening up back up here in Ontario, I am so excited to return to theater again. But this made me remember one of the strangest experiences inside a theater. I was with my cousins, and we went to see The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) Wow. The movie is in Hebrew and subtitled, which took some getting used to. But after a while, my 14-year-old brain caught up. The movie was running fine until one one scene where the devil is walking through the crowd speaking to Jesus, and it's slow and extremely creepy. But the strangest part was when the letters in the subtitles started showing on the screen backwards and the scene kept moving forward with the literal devil staring straight into my eyes a loud sound explodes out of the speakers and the movie turns off we were all offered free tickets but we didn't take them in sheer fear that the devil was behind all of it (laughs) so my question is what is the strangest experience you've ever had inside a movie theater thanks love all you do and can't wait to chat again real soon just not in hebrew Backwards with Devil Anthony, and this is coming from Nate uh, Shelton from the Geek Centric Podcast. So thank you so much, Nate, for that. Uh, yeah, Nathan, please don't do your Hebrew Devil backwards because I know you love doing it. Uh, when did I do it? Did I do it once? It was in your sleep. Oh, <laughs> your that's, sleep. that's what I think we we, we shut. That was a deal that. he made to yes. win the basketball game. That's so. true. Uh, who wants to go first? Daniel, do you have a story? I do. I mean. Going to the movie theaters as much as we do, I mean, we, we're always exposed to uh, the craziness of, you know, being in public spaces with people, right? And luckily, I haven't had too many bad experiences. Like, I mean, we've seen fights break out. I remember Shay and I, we were watching a movie in VIP, Atomic Blonde, Atomic Blonde and these two guys, like, I guess somebody was going to their seats, and it was in VIP, like, it was VIP seats, right? So these two it guys the were like, of the film too. Yeah, like there were one guy was trying to go over to a seat and one guy stepped on the other guy's foot and then they were older guys. I think they were like in their 90s. And they just started squaring at each other and they were like squaring up on each other and we're just like, "Really?" Like and I I think from that moment because of the movie was starting, that kind of like set me off for the rest of the movie. Like it made me like miss the first few minutes of the film, so I was like I always felt like I was out of it. So maybe I have to give that right. film another shot, but uh, I also remember power going out a couple times. I was telling Anthony that I remember when I went to um, wa- when I was watching the original Avengers film. The first night I did it as the marathon of all six movies. Uh, the power went out during the Thor, Thor getting back his powers in the movie Thor, and that's literally when the power went out. So we we're all just like, "Is this just like a joke from the theater?" But no, there was actually a really bad storm happening, and the power went out right at that scene. So no, no worshiping or summoning the devil. No devil worshiping. No devil worshiping that you night. You haven't gone to the right movies then. No. That's your problem. So, Andy, what about you? Um, same. Like, I've seen arguments happen in theaters. I've seen, you know, stra- like the strangest thing I would say would be, for me, the power going out during Nocturnal Animals at TIFF oh. during Tom Ford's, uh, like, world premiere. So, like, I would say an hour and a half in, just the power and projector just went bloop. <laughs> and Tom Ford got out of the seat, ran to whoever was in charge of, I guess, 
the whole theater experience. He went and, to Cameron Bailey himself. Yeah. And it took like about an hour to get that projector back on so we can continue watching the film. Yeah. It was a strange, um, a strange scene, but it was fun because it left like a mark, a memorable mark yeah. that I'll always remember. But other than that, it's a lot of like fights, like people just saving seats and and don't be know, a harvey hogger you know, you know those types of people where they see seats they put the coats on there but like no one's there yet right and then those other people come and say those are seats are, are ours because they're not here and right arguments break out for that i'm really hoping now that you know now that we're in a post-covid world that every screen that we've we go to now is reserved seats i really hope that stays yeah like, i just i just like being able to choose a seat and not have to worry it makes sense i don't think it takes much to Put it into the computer. No, reserve seat. I don't think so. You yeah, just choose if, your even seat. If you walk in, let's just say, typically if you're walking into a busy movie anyways, you're going to be sitting at the front. Yeah. So those are the only seats remaining. At least you know confidently that the seats you're buying are going to be at the front. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's the same thing whether you're going and it's a non-reserved and you're coming late or anything, right? Like yeah. pre-planned will be okay. Yeah. You know? Um, no uh, fights. But other than that, a lot of times it's just people talking or on their phones or I had one who was just i guess the person didn't speak the language that the movie was it was english so the person didn't oh. speak english so the other person was interpreting behind me oh, okay. what the movie was oh, saying that would drive me nuts and i like i i understand like I, I felt bad but like there was a point where it, it's just constant in your ear and right you hear it yeah i you know what i understand if you don't speak the language but there are other people who paid to watch this movie yeah don't ruin it for them yeah like, we can understand it fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that sounds so mean. I know it does. I, I was just waiting for you to go back to your own country. I was just, I was like, Shay, I was just, I hold on a second. You're in Canada. Learn a language. My That's Lord. what I'm trying to say. You learn no. Canadian. Learn, learn Canadian. No, I just, if you're in a movie theater, no matter what, just shut the fuck up. That's that's my thing. That there is, is, my there is our motto. one for the episode. That is our one. One but for the episode. Just shut up and watch the movie. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Don't be on your phone. Don't talk at all. I remember when you and I went to see uh, Live by Night. We went to like a second. We saw it again. The second time we watched it, there was like a group of people in front of us that like brought like full on wine bottles. I remember that. And they were on Snapchat. And literally this was before dark mode. So their phone was just like a beam of light to the ceiling. Batman signal. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember you leaning over and being like, hey, do you mind just. Shutting that off. Yeah. <laughs> I was really upset. And they're just like, oh, I'm just, sorry. Is it distracting? Yeah. She was in front of me and she was Googling Ben Affleck. Yeah. The actor and director of the movie. Yeah. Just do it after or <laughs> don't watch the movie. Yeah. Ben Affleck's in this? She's like it's Googling. Movie. And I'm like, hey, hey, sorry. Do you mind turning that off? I'm going blind. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she drops her like beer bottle on the ground. Do you want like, some uh, girls' night out wine? <laughs> <laughs> and I took some just because I needed that for the film. Right. Uh, I, yeah. For me, I think it's the same thing, guys. I, I, I've had people fighting in theaters, power outages. I mean, the sillier ones that I've had that were like wrong movies playing, like when we went to go see Independence Day Resurgence. And we got Warcraft. And the movie starts with the trailer for the movie. And I'm like, oh, that's unique. I've never seen them show the trailer for the movie <laughs> before the movie starts. Yeah. I guess that's to, you know, maybe the movie's really confusing. They want us to refresh our minds. Right. And then it starts off with like the orcs, orcs. fighting. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> 
this is interesting. It's, it's a Warcraft film. This is incorrect. And then yeah, they and then I went to go see Avatar for like the fourth time, and the three D in the movie broke, I guess. So the image split down the middle, mm-hmm. and it was like purple on one side, and it was the exact same image, and then it was like blue on the other side, the exact same image. And our 3D glasses were making people like cross-eyed all of a sudden. Yeah, so a lot of lawsuits. A lot night. of lawsuits. A lot of, lawsuits, a lot of bleeding eyes. Um, but yeah, no, uh, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing like the devil. Hopefully, yeah. now that theaters are open again, we're gonna have a lot more fun stories to share. I hope so. But to be honest with you, I hope we don't. We don't. I our, like to just. Watch I feel like movies. it's gonna just go up and be above and beyond, like our new experiences that we'll <laughs> yeah. have in theaters. It's just only just the. But here's the thing: our friend Matt Rohrbeck and Eric Marshall, oh, he, yeah, yeah, had a crazy experience at their first first day back. I'm gonna put the text thread in our show notes because definitely check that out and also check out their show. It's a great show, but. They had a crazy experience yeah, their their first uh, day back, so yeah. we'll save we'll save it for them. To I share. would say if you go to like a film festival, the people that go to the film festival, like they you you can be whispering next to the person to the person next to you, and they'll look at you. Oh like, yeah, they're they're shut shut they up shut up. But but it's also I'm interesting like, I'm that just, I, I I'm talking like this. <laughs> I just you can't hear I just, me. The movie it's it's not even on yet. It's, I haven't started. Yeah. yeah, but but it's which I which I get, but there's also I think just from being at from us being at different press screenings and film festivals that there's also people who are just kind of rude and on their phone and just leave halfway through and like there's also that's it's almost extremes on both ends. Yeah, right. So I, I think it, it wasn't a like a it was a weird moment and I and it's it's weird because it's a I guess it's I'll say cultural maybe, but we were at we were in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, and we went to see a uh, Wonder Wonder Woman before it came out as an advanced screening for it, at and of st- course we went to Detroit to watch it. Yeah, yeah, because that's I believe the birthplace of Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, and we were sitting in the theater. Obviously, unbeknownst to us, this is a very popular franchise theater there, and the the pre show starts and it's this like catchy song I guess that they've created. And Danny and I are just sitting there, and out of nowhere, the whole theater starts clapping along to the beat of it. Like I guess at there, one it's, point, it's almost like in the Friends theme song, where like yeah, where they know the claps. Yes. There's like a certain part where you have to clap, and it it was so triggered. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, what the hell was that?" Like Shay and I like jumped out of our seats, ready to fight. We people. left yeah. pretty much right away. <laughs> We're like, "Why are people clapping at this exact you know? moment?" And it was so loud and obnoxious. Uh, and I think it was called the Troy. Was it the MGM theater? No, it was the MGM. Grand, Grand Troy. Grand Troy's something theater. theater like that. And man, they, yeah, it was just a weird clap thing that they did. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. But other than that. I'm still scared. I'm still scared. But other than that, nothing too crazy. Again, I want to make it very clear. You can speak whatever language you want. And when you watch movies, <laughs> I am not a racist. I think that's pretty obvious. I'm just glad Anthony or I didn't say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys said it, you'd be immediately canceled. With yeah. me, they'd be like, you're lucky you're a couple shades darker. Than you. <laughs> I don't know who's saying that, by the way. Who is this? <laughs> who, who is the social justice warrior who, who also, also sounds, sounds like he's going to shoot you? Also, he's somewhat racist as well. He's like, oh, I'm just, I'm racist enough, boy. I don't know. Maybe they're oh, from somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Where you know, they're. all kinds. Oh, there's movie fans everywhere, Whoa, right? All kinds. I said there's all kinds okay, here. That's good. You know, that's fair. <laughs> Again, our topic of the show today is our favorite movies and shows of the year so far. We're at that, we're just a little bit beyond the halfway point. We're at, what, 60% done this year? Yeah, I think we're we're kind 70%? of... 70%? No, that's, no. Um, that's too much. We're five months out, right? Yeah. So 65% maybe? Yeah, okay. because at six, it would be half. 
But now Wait, we're at no. five. Well, we're going to four, right? Yeah, but uh, August sixty percent out of a hundred, not out of one hundred twenty. No, but how many months are in a year? Twelve, and we're five months. We're at seven. We're seven months. So we're fifty four point five two percent done this year. Oh, you use that Twitter account? No, I just I just googled it. Oh. but I do know the Twitter account you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so we're, we're just over fifty percent done. Okay, I'm glad that we got to the bottom of this. By yeah, the way. I'm like we're going to talk about this it too long. <laughs> uh, no, but yes. Uh, no, but yes. So let's talk about what our you know favorite movies and TV shows are of this year so far. There's so much left, and usually some of the juiciest stuff comes out towards the end. But I'm excited to get into it later on. But first, let's get into our conversation with Loki director Kate Heron. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? It's, I'm good. It's so nice to finally talk to you. How's your day going so far? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Yeah, just chatting to a lot of people about the show and it's a yeah. heat wave in London, which is interesting. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, we're, we're so happy to talk to you. And again, congratulations on the incredible finale to the show. And it must feel amazing to finally be able to talk about it now without having to hold back each week. Yeah, we had a lot of secrets in our show, so I'm really relieved to finally be able to talk about them. <laughs> um, oh, definitely. Yeah, but I think it was so exciting, though, anyway, like seeing, you know, like people's theories as the show unfolded and like who could be in the Citadel and quite a lot of people were pretty close. So, um, yeah, so no, it's just been, I just been joyous, really, just seeing the response. That's, that's fantastic. And again, oh, thank you for the jump scare as well. well I, when I watched the finale at three in the morning, so very appreciative <laughs> of that as well. Uh, I, I think one of my favorite things <laughs> I think one of my favorite things throughout the entirety of the show is just, you know, Loki's always been somebody who is five or six steps ahead of everybody, but you really kept him on the back foot and vulnerable right to the very end. What made you want to go in that direction? I think for us as a team, right, like me and the studio and the writers, it was just about taking Loki on a new journey. And because obviously he's had such a satisfying arc across the last 10 years of the movies. And I think the thing about that arc that made it so satisfying as well is it was slow burn. You know, we didn't see him just right. suddenly go from like super villain to like anti-hero. It was like very gradual and which I think in a way felt very earned and more real. So right. I think for us, it was like, okay, well, how do we take this character that's had like one of the best arcs ever <laughs> and then take him on a new journey? And the whole, you know, something that me and Tom spoke about was that we both connected with the idea of self-love across the show and that, right. you know, the character with a lot of pain at the very beginning and then he starts to heal and has growth as the show goes on. So I think that was the fun part of it, honestly. And just, yeah, like the character that has an answer for everything like what's it like to see him be tongue-tied around someone because you know he doesn't always know the right thing to say to sylvie and i think that again feels very real to people when they like speak to a crush or right. you know i think it was funny like seeing him i remember me and tom talking about that and being like god i've never seen loki like this ever <laughs> you know never know like not knowing the right thing to say and i think right. for us that was always the important thing and beyond just his relationship with sylvie like getting him to question like good and evil and like is it better to do something wrong for the greater good and i think that was really fun as well it was just again it was always about taking this character to like new vulnerable places right and i and i think you know tom with with sofia di martino were phenomenal they played phenomenal together uh another character that we we finally got to see in the citadel jonathan majors the one who remains uh is very fun eccentric and terrifying variant of someone i'm expecting we're going to see a lot of um what was it like getting introduced, you know, Kang to the multiverse and getting to really introduce him to the rest of the Marvel world? 
It was a massive honor. <laughs> I, I think for me, it was really about, I think something that alleviated some pressure was that obviously our character is a variant of Kang. So it wasn't like, I, I don't know what he'll be doing with that character. But like, for me, I think it was really exciting because, you know, our characters like pulling inspiration from Immortus. He's also like he who remains in the comics. There's like a mixture of inspirations going on. But I think that's what was really key for us was me and Jonathan spoke a lot about, okay, so who is this variant and what are they like? Because, you know, he's a showman, right? And like, I know the writers right. were really inspired by entrepreneurs. And like, I think that was fun in the sense of his like spiel that he gives them. But at the same time, he's very vulnerable because he talks about like, you know, the reason I'm doing all this is because my variants are terrifying and, I, and you really have to believe him in that moment. So I think for me and Jonathan, we spoke a lot about, you know, just like, when do we want the audience to believe him? when maybe is it more kind of a gray area so you can kind of decide if you want to side with Sylvia or Loki and right. I think that's something that we kind of dug into a lot together oh it's, it was brilliant and I, and I cannot wait to see where Jonathan takes this role I can't wait to see where things go in season two and I know you're not going to be coming back for season two but we can't wait to see what you do next and what you direct next mm -hmm. and are part of so congratulations again uh, from beginning to end I adore the series so um, I'm just so excited to see where things go and what you do next so thank you so much for your time Oh, thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having me. I like your Loki right, charms, care. by the way. Very oh, cool. Oh, thank you. Displaying them proudly. <laughs> take care, Kate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Wow, Daniel. That was hilarious. When you said to her those, those controversial things, I was like, whoa, dude, that's crazy. Why would you say that? But I'm glad you did because it was an important topic to bring up. I just, you know, I just wanted to know what her thoughts were about people of other languages watching movies <laughs> in <know>. English, <laughs> you know? She spent, she spent 45 minutes just talking about how she loves watching foreign languages. You know, and I, and I, to, we, they told me we only have five minutes to talk and I chose yeah. to spend my entire five minutes and take the time of others you also, asking about that. When you spend 30 minutes talking about if it's at 54% or 55% yeah. of the year. That was strange in my opinion. She was on Anthony's side. She said, no, this year is 70% done. Yeah. And then when you guys brought the graphing calculators out, that's when I knew you meant business. You know, it's all about, it's all part about being in the TVA, baby. You know, yeah. like you just, you got to know what time, you, you know, she you know sees, time. she sees, she's seen things. She's seen things. In the world. She knows what the timelines are. That's true. That's true. No, but it was a, it was a really fun conversation. So we we're very lucky to have had her on the show oh. and. Uh, I know it was announced that she is not coming back for season two, so we're really excited to see what she does next. That's true. Yeah, very excited to see what she does next. Let's jump into the news. Do -do 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 -do. That was great, guys. Next Star Trek film to be directed by WandaVision's Matt Shackman. Script by Lindsay Beer and Geneva Robertson Dorrit. And this is coming from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. First of all, <clears throat> calling him WandaVision's Matt Shackman is great. But to me, he'll always be Always Sunny's Matt Shackman. Very true. You know what? Yeah. Probably directed the most episodes of that show. Oh, yeah. He's directed in some of the best ones, too. Definitely. After orchestrating the Marvel Disney series WandaVision to a 23 Emmy nomination hall, Matt Shackman has made a deal to direct the next untitled Star Trek film for Paramount and Bad Robots' J.J. Abrams. Deadline Here's the Film will now move at, at warp speed and begin production next spring with a release date currently set for June 9th, 2023. They have a script by Lindsay Beer and Geneva robertson Dorrit. This is significant in that it is the first Star Trek film to be written by female screenwriters. And also, they have the original cast at the moment coming back. As in Chris Pine, yes. Zachary Quinto, 
Yes. Um, John Cho. John Cho. So uh, I don't know if Zoe anybody Saldana. else has signed yeah. on yet. I mean, Alice Eve and who else? Who else? Might be Was there? Alice Eve in Star Trek Beyond? I don't remember. I don't remember her. her. And I just watched it a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe what about Carl Urban as well? Carl Urban, yeah, was in yeah. it. Maybe so he'll be in this. It too. looks like yeah, they might bring back most. Maybe Simon Pegg. You would think, yeah. Yeah. Scotty. Yeah. Anthony, what are your thoughts on this? Um, personally, I don't care for the Star Trek franchise, but I'm really happy for Matt Matt to get this opportunity to like be a part of a bigger thing for him, as well as you know female screenwriters um, leading the way. Uh, again, I haven't watched, I think the only one I, well, the Star Trek I've watched, the last one I watched was the one with Benedict. Oh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, that was the last one. Twenty. But I just, I don't 13. connect with Star Trek characters. I just, they're not like the sci-fi I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy for, for Matt because he did a r- really good job with WandaVision. And this gives him the opportunity to flourish and continue now be, you know, doing those huge studio films and work right. with uh, JJ and make bigger films. Yeah, leaving leaving Maybe he'll, he'll join Star Wars in the future and probably who knows do some other sci-fi stuff. Or maybe even come back to Marvel. Yeah, right? even like, come back to Marvel. Yeah, it's it's this is awesome to see. I, again, congratulations to Matt. Like loved what he did with WandaVision and obviously WandaVision will be something we talk about later in the show for sure. Uh 23 Emmy nominations for the show as well too, which is pretty amazing, but um, yeah, first female screenwriters for the films, like the show, uh, the shows have had um, female screenwriters right from the very beginning, which is great. So it's nice that the films are finally catching up to that. Um, yeah, I'm more I'm more surprised that the original cast seems to be coming back for this. We know that the Tarant- as of right now, yeah. as of right now, like the Tarantino movie, I guess, didn't end up going forward. What? Yeah. Could you could you imagine? No, um, I really can't. No, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this this is great news. I'm I really love what JJ did with the first Star Trek film in 2009, as in like this reboot. I really like Into Darkness as well too. Star Trek Beyond, um, it didn't hit it for me, especially watching it again so recently. But yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm curious to see, but I also feel like Star Trek is in a place right now that they've never been a big box office draw. They've it's a more of a niche fan base, and the fan base. I feel generally doesn't like this reboot of the characters because since then we've gotten, you know, Star Trek uh, Discovery and Picard on television. And I think the fans have liked that a lot more than what the movies have had to offer in the last couple of years. So we'll see. Yeah. It's very surprising. Like the, the franchise as a whole, uh, like the, the highest grossing one is into darkness. And that was around $467 million, which is a lot of money. Right. You think, with the name of Star Trek, with the cast that's included, you'd get a lot more. You'd get close to almost a billion, you'd think. You would think, mm-hmm. but it's also Star Trek, right? right? It's it's not Star Wars for people. And and that only and that was big because, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was really coming up large. He was really at the at, at the height right You there. know, that was the kind of the peak of his like not that he obviously yeah. he's still popular, he was just but coming I mean like off of like, you know, Sherlock and then he was getting into Doctor Strange. Right. There was rumors about so there's a lot to go around. There's a and uh, obviously the Hobbit and him playing smog and the things Hobbits, like that too, yeah. right? So yeah, I mean four hundred million again, nothing to you know, nothing to dismiss, but it's also not the blockbusters that studios want. They want more. Right. They want mm-hmm. more than that. So yeah, these movies cost around almost this, this is Paramount, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paramount, and I also yeah. think that the biggest problem with the Star Trek films is that they take they've been taking too long to 
um, in between sequels, right? So 2009 is when the first Star Trek came out. Into Darkness came out in 2013, so that's mm-hmm. four years. And then Beyond was 2016. It was 2016. So it's just it's like it's a long time in between sequels. And I get like if you look at the main cast, all of them are all A-listers. Yeah. Right. Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban—they're all in-demand actors. But you know, like if you, they're they're busy. Yeah. Right. They're doing right. other things. Yeah. And also, they're taking way too long to kind of you know get something off the ground. Like every couple of remember in the beginning, we had heard that they're going to bring back Chris Hemsworth as his dad. And right. That was supposed to be the next that. one, right? So there were so many different story elements that they just never commit to it. I think. Just start fresh, you know, maybe go back to your roots. Because if, if Star Trek fans, there are there are so many Star Trek fans out there. Right. Trekkies. Trekkies. But do they go but see the films? Are there, are they still, is it still growing, the Star Trek Trekkie the fandom? fandom? Fandom. I feel like. I don't think it's growing. I don't know if it's growing that, that Star Wars is. Correct. And I feel like they are a very specific group that wants a specific element from their from that from that tv series or from that universe and if you mess it up oh it's over like there there is their talk i don't want to say they're toxic but they could be very they they are very toxic as any any passionate fandom right exactly but i don't see a lot of trekkies anymore i don't know i again i didn't grow up watching star trek and the people who i would see you know watch star trek were the older generation right but i don't know like Kids growing up in the 2000s and the 2010s, are they caring about Star Trek that much? I didn't really care about it until the 2009 film. And I, again, like, I right. consider myself a, a fan of like Star Trek for those films, but I'm not watching Discovery. I'm not watching right. Picard because I never had a connection to it. And it's nothing that, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just you like what you like and you don't watch what you don't really care for, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also think that I think the barrier to entry with Star Trek is also what's a really difficult thing to overcome, right? Because it's like, where do you go to watch all of the seasons of Star Trek or yeah. catch up on the next generation or watch all, there's so many things to watch. And I get, you know, Star Wars, there's a lot of movies, but Star Wars at the end of the day is like 12 movies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have, you have a definitive start and end. And I feel like the same way with Star Trek is the same way I feel about Dr. Who. I, where do you start? Where do I start? Yeah. And it's again, I think against Star Trek, I, I really like the J.J. Abrams films, and I tried watching the 90s ones when they were coming out because they looked cool. I just could never get into them. But, oh, with Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah, but I have literally nothing against the franchise and the fandom. I think it's great. I think I'm glad they have it. Um, I just All I wish for the fandom is for them to get the movies they want because Definitely, I can yeah. only imagine if I was in that group and I was watching these movies and they weren't hitting it for me, yeah, I'd be a little upset too. So I, right. I totally understand where that comes from. Um, I hope I have full faith in Matt Shackman to make a fun film. I'm just curious as to is this the last one? Because how much longer can they keep going every five or six years to push these movies out? Do they have to restart them? Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Cool. Any other thoughts on Star Trek? No, no, live long and prosper. All right, that's I guess I'll move on. <laughs> Let's jump into our next news story. Anthony Bourdain's AI faked voice in new documentary sparks backlash. This is coming from Jazz 10K of Variety. Documentary filmmaker Morgan Neville paints a raw and personal image of Anthony Bourdain in his new documentary, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, which opened in theaters on Friday. 
In the documentary, editors Eileen Mayer and Aaron Winkenden weave in a narration by Bourdain by pulled from audio clips, show outtakes, video interviews, and audiobooks. However, when asked how he obtained some quotes from Bourdain in a new article in The New Yorker, Neville tells writer Helen Rosner that he used AI, artificial intelligence, to create three quotes with Bourdain's voice. I created an AI model of his voice, Neville says. He goes on to say, if you watch the film, other than the line that you mentioned, you probably don't know what the other lines are that were spoken by the AI, and you're not going to know. There were a few sentences that Tony wrote that he never spoke aloud. With the blessing of his estate and literary agent, we used AI technology. It was modern storytelling technique that I used in a few places where I thought it was important to make Tony's words come alive. We fed more than 10 hours of Tony's voice into an AI model. The bigger the quantity, the better the result. We worked with four companies before settling on the best. We also had to figure out the best tone of Tony's voice, his speaking voice versus his narrator voice, which itself changed dramatically over the years. Bourdain's widow, Otavia Bourdain, responded to the comment on Twitter saying, I certainly was not the one who said Tony would have been cool with that. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I'm torn with this one because I think we all, like, we, we dropped a review of this last week. We also reviewed this without knowing that this was something that was done in the film. Would it have changed how we thought of the film overall? I don't think so. But I also think that it would have been something we definitely would have noted in our review had we had known it was, right? I think, you know, I'm of of two minds on this. I'm very much the mind of like, well, you know, you're telling your story, they're his words, and you just want it to sound like he's saying it. But I'm also of the mind where it's like, yeah, but he's he's dead. And I think as a filmmaker, it's your... Um, it's your duty to find another way of presenting that information, maybe without having an AI replicate his voice, right? Or even if he says the family was cool with him, things like that. Obviously, somebody's saying they were not. So there, there's controversy here. But I, I just think like maybe there's another way they could have done this in the film or had somebody else read the email. I don't know. It's just it seems like an easy way out. Right? You know, it just it just seems it seems strange to me that you could have just had somebody do the voiceover of an email. And then instead of having four different companies working to create an AI of Anthony Bourdain's voice to read a couple emails, right? And I think it's more scary of, it's like Pandora's box, right? Like once this is opened, what now could come of this, Mm -hmm. right? Like we know AI things and I think that AI exists and things like this are going to be a big obstacle in the future for not just for movies, but in the world of news and what's fake and what's real out there, right? So when you have stuff like this, it's kind of scary, and like never once did we watch this documentary and be like, that sounds off. Yeah. And that's what's scary as well, too. Yeah, if anything, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is crazy how much... <laughs> we said that. Footage how do they have all of this? They, was so, they were so prepared. At one point, he says 2021. That's so yeah. crazy. Uh, no, but yeah, Anthony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I, I look at it as a, this is an interesting uh, like ethical issue that we're dealing with right now um, as a filmmaker and making the right choices... When it comes to using AI to tell a narrative, I've, I'm very curious to to know what port, part of the documentary that the AI was used. Um, was it something where it was, he said that really foreshadowed what was going to come to at the end of his career? Was it, you was, know, yeah, was it using I, like, it to, to, I to... like food? Like, you know, <laughs> what, what were the words that were used? Anthony Bourdain never said I like food in his life. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, never once were, was he using it to really kind of 
to narrow his yeah. his to tell his specific story. Because right? there are it's scenes, scary. there is scenes in the beginning of the the movie where it talks about dying, and I'm wondering, like, was it related to some, something like that? Because it just you know full circles it around. Like this is something that he always talked about. Maybe he wrote it down in a journal about death, and then he got him to to yeah. say it. So yeah, there is there is I I want to know what what those words said i if you know there is a issue where he said that he got the approval from his you know his wife his ex-wife and his um his uh estate estate but now she's saying that they didn't so that's an issue on my end as well because who's telling the truth and i feel like now anthony bourdain like i can he's not able to rest in peace because now there's this controversy right surrounding it especially with this documentary that we all loved and it has been pretty beloved and we thought was such a beautiful like send-off for this for this this man and now that it's kind of wrapped a little bit in controversy right because of all things for it to to happen it's something that was so in the control of the director and the creators of the documentary where you could have just literally had a scene of somebody reading an email yeah you know like you have had people in his life read like a paragraph from the email or something. Right. right? You know, like, there could have been so many other ways to do it. And I think now noting this, I it's I really hope it doesn't tarnish this this documentary because despite it all, it was fantastic. And yep. people that are fans of Bourdain are going to absolutely enjoy it and love it. I just don't want it to to taint his legacy, which I right. hope it doesn't. I know people are smart enough to realize yeah. that it, but it didn't have anything to do with it. But this. it's always a footnote on this documentary that's now. And that's that's what's unfortunate. It's always going to be attached to it. It's going to be carrying it like baggage. Right? I remember a few, uh, my gosh, almost two years ago now, Anthony, you and I, we were doing a show. We were talking about James, was it James Dean? Yeah. Yes. Them bringing you know, him back to life through CG and stuff like that. Creating him in his and I'm And I'm curious now, like, I, I think in like especially for these big films a lot of superstars have like their likeness part of their contract and stuff like that right marvel especially right right so i'm just curious going forward or like i feel i don't know why my mind goes to will smith but like will smith just had his whole body scanned gemini man for gemini man right like in all these from his young age to old like everything right now that we have those files has is will smith going to be like yeah you know what when i'm long gone you could you could still keep casting Will Smith in movies. Yeah. Do, you, do we want that though? I think, but do you think we're far from that? No, no. Not. I but I think it'll happen. Yeah. I think so. I think we're I think so, so we're so clinged on to the people we love that we'll want to always see him no matter what if right? they're here or not. Like why wouldn't I want to see um an actor that I wasn't there for like James Dean and CG'd to the point where it's photorealistic. Like right. it in the next 20 years, there'll probably be a point where you can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah. I don't think... We're not far from it now. Yeah. Because there are, there are some scenes where I'm like, wow, that looks really good. You know it's not real. But like, damn, that looks really yeah. good. So, And that's where deep fakes. And deep fakes are a big issue in the, in the internet world where yeah. news can be construed to be something else. I think right. they did a deep fake with Obama. Yeah. And it was played by Jordan Peele. And he did the voice, but it was Obama's face. And yeah. like... And that could become now fake news, and it's scary. It's a very scary element, but it's something that we need to educate ourselves because those are once you open it, it's there. It's it's the te- technology's no, there, it, yeah, and yeah. that's what's scary. It, that's the problem, right? Ev- evidence kind of goes out the window there because you have moments where there were a lot of even celebrities who were having their uh, faces and voices plastered in porn, and it's just like, right. hey, like 
you know, so-and-so didn't do this. And it gets really disgusting and grimy the further down the rabbit hole you go. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, it's a very strange subject, but I know 100% this isn't the last time we're talking about this. Not at all. This is going to probably become somewhat more rampant and I'm scared. If anything, I'm really curious to see if anything more comes from this uh, Bourdain documentary, though. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they will. I'm sure there will be. Last story for today: Emmys. Disney leads all combined nominations as HBO, thanks to HBO Max, tops Netflix. <laughs> this is coming from Leslie Goldberg of the THR. Following a year unlike any other in which the novel coronavirus upended TV production and radically changed executive structures at nearly every major media conglomerate, the Emmys, too, are shifting the way it tallies the nominations. In a first, the TV Academy is now grouping nominations by corporate ownership, with Disney coming out on top of all the conglomerates with 146 total nominations for its various platforms. Wow. It's a lot. That is crazy. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this? It's it's interesting, like when you when you hear the word like media conglomerate, right? Yeah. I think that's something that obviously we're hearing more and more now with as studios are being purchased and you know, being acquired by other studios like MGM is Amazon now. We had the rumor this week, or not the rumor, but the story about you know A two four was being shopped around as well too. And obviously Disney owns a lot of different studios and that's why it's you know, it's kind of released this way. Same with HBO Max and HBO. Like, Warner Brothers had, like, beat Netflix for the first time, right? And it's because of how many just different avenues they have to release content on. Yeah. Um. Obviously, closer to the Emmys, I think we'll maybe do some predictions and yeah. things like that. But it was really cool seeing, like, I think WandaVision was the one I really wanted to see get recognized. It got 23 noms, so that was pretty Beautiful. awesome. Um. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? Like, I, I wonder what the Emmys are going to look like this year. I think last year they were probably the best award show still. Mm-hmm. Like that that Emmys that they did last August or September. Yeah. It'd be really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really well done. Um, and I think, you know, the Globes were a shit show and the Oscars yeah. turned into what they did. But we'll see what it's gonna look like this year because we'll probably have a lot less restrictions by then. Probably. And um hopefully it's a good show, but We'll see. We shall see. Not too long now. They're in September. I was happy to see Marvel get the recognition that they deserve. Don Cheadle, too, you know? Oh, yeah, that was (laughs) interesting. But at an award show, because, you know, you always talk about the Oscars and how they always get the technical awards. But this time, they're getting a lot more love and appreciation. Which is nice to see. Very, very well deserved. Anthony, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, Congratulations to Disney+. Plus. I think for a new platform to have that many nominations right at, you know... After a year, that's your first year, right? First yeah. year, it's that's fantastic. I think um, I think Mandalorian and WandaVision both twenty four and twenty three nominations. Uh, it's huge, and then the Crown Netflix is still there. So yeah, oh, the Crown having twenty four as well. I'm surprised with Mandalorian getting that many nominations. I don't think for me again, it's not that show that has connected with me. But I, I also don't see it like winning every single award that it's nominated for or. I mean, Even for the drama portions, yeah. I, I think now we're entering a different element of movie, or TVs, TV series where does the Mandalorian consider it drama or is it like more of an action Western. adventure? Like, do we change the categories for these film for these television series to sure. to, to, to balance yeah, everything cause, off? Because I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't consider the Mandalorian a drama. Yeah, it's like it's a space 
drama, but it feels more like a Western. Yeah. But even then, like Western isn't a category. More like a space action adventure. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 interesting where they kind of place this. But also at the end of the day, when it comes to award shows, we know that it comes down to publicity and marketing and spending money on advertising and who has more money than that than Disney. Right. right. So again, not saying that the, these nominations were bought in any way, but it's it's a it's a huge you know a huge like for your consideration uh push push that goes into these things totally. right so yeah, no. i'm not surprised that we see uh the studios that we do on yeah. top yeah i'm really happy for lovecraft country and the queen's gambit which yes. i think were really really good shows like, yeah the queen especially the, the queen's, queen's gambit, gambit. Yeah, great, show. great show great yeah. show and mare of Easttown, which got yeah. a lot of love yeah too. there's a lot of love that a lot of the shows that we loved got and loved. the boys Boys, and the boys, the boys, boys also drama, too. right? Got, also drama. Got yeah. told it was a sure. Drama. Like, okay. Okay. Want to say so? Uh, well, let me get into some quick updates, and I'm going to do this all in one breath. Okay. I won't. I'm just kidding. This is a new TikTok challenge. Uh, <laughs> all the news in one breath. <laughs> I just passed that right at the end of it. Marcos Aurora to play Keanu Reeves' adversary in John Wick Four. Nicholas Cage won't play Joe Exotic as Amazon shelves Tiger King project. Antonio Banderas' latest addition to the next installment in franchise. And Jeffrey Pierce, Marie Bartlett, Con O'Neill joined HBO The Last of Us series. I almost said that in one breath. It was just the last story that I had to take a breath on. Because it's true. You don't want to hear me struggling. Also, I realized that I we I didn't put in what franchise Antonio Banderas was joining. Oh yeah, sorry. I you know what? I even knew it in my head too, but yeah. because I was so focused on saying in one breath, we're gonna leave it as a surprise. No, <laughs> no he is joining. The acclaimed franchise. Knives out too. <laughs> Drum roll, please. No, Indiana Jones. So Indy will be fighting Antonio Banderas. It's about time. I remember like Antonio and Harrison Ford have hated each other for years. It's true. No, I'm just kidding. You know, like it's gonna be Zorro versus Indiana Jones. He's playing Zorro. He's playing, wow. he's reprising his role as Zorro. Wow. You know what? I didn't think they'd do it. Yeah, he's reprising his role as Dad from Spy Kids. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Cortez. <laughs> yeah. The third brain lives. The third brain lives. Amazing. Amazing. Anthony doesn't watch Spy Kids. So whenever we make Spy Kids jokes, I can tell Anthony's just rolling his eyes. Uh, Jeffrey Price, though. Oh, sorry. Jeffrey Pierce. Pierce. From The Last of Us. Yeah. Also the voice of Tommy. Yeah. And the actor. Actually, the actor behind Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. awesome. I wonder how he feels about uh, Diego Luna. <laughs> Is it Diego Luna? No, it's not Diego Luna. It's Diego... Maradona? Maradona? Gabriel? Gabriel Luna? Gabriel Luna. Is it Gabriel Luna? Yeah. It's Gabriel Luna, isn't it's it? It's Gabriel Yeah. Not Diego Luna. I was close. Or Maradona. Not Rest Maradona. in peace. Yeah. One love. Uh, I wonder how he feels about, you know, he's giving him like acting, acting <laughs> dick. You know, I, I wouldn't do it that way if I were you, Gabriel. No, that's not how my Tommy did it, Gabriel, you know? Uh, I wouldn't have helped I think he just plays a, a clicker and that's it. Jeffrey Pierce? Yeah, that's it. Oh We're gonna get you. He's a bloater. He's the bloater. But I'm the I'm the brother. No, you're a bloater. You're, you're a bloater no today, boy. No more. Let's jump into some trailers. 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 Amazing. We got some great trailers this week. We have the Deadpool and Korg Free Guy trailer. So we have Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi basically playing some of their most amazing characters. Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, and, you know, this is kind of showing that Deadpool is now in the MCU. That was kind of the whole thing about it. Uh, and I love how they're kind of making fun of the Free Guy trailer. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we got a trailer for Disney Plus series. Or is it a series or movie? 
Stuntman is a movie. movie. It's a movie? Yeah. Stuntman. And we have the FX and Hulu show Reservation Dogs, the movie Naked Singularity, and a trailer for Titans Season 3. Was there anything that stood out to you guys from this week of trailers? I think, you know, Deadpool and Korg, if you haven't watched it, I think it's been all over the internet. Watch it. It's hilarious. And it's it's so cool seeing Deadpool interact with somebody from the MCU. Um, also, Titans Season 3, I need to... Maybe I should get back to it. I, I did the first half of Season 1, and... Sean Toronto. Sean Toronto. And it's one of those shows that, as somebody who grew up loving Teen Titans, um, this seems like the show should be... It should be for It you. should be for me. Um, but I just wasn't getting into it. But maybe I want to give it another shot. Is because it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Um, it's an HBO Max, Max. original show yeah. now. But it but, used to be DC Universe, right? Right. right. So... Maybe I'll give it another shot because, like, it looks like stuff is just getting crazy. This, like, Jason Todd's there now, Barbara Gordon's there now. Like, all of these characters I've been dying to see in the movie world. I mean, I mean, the last I would say like ten years, DC television has been outdoing DC films in terms of bringing all their characters together and everything. Right? Right. So, mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Ed? Um, I really like Reservation Dogs. The yeah, trailer. It it has like these kids who are, I guess, on a on a reservation but they have like Makes these sense. these uh, they're like <laughs> no dogs they're just dealing with um let's say the cops and getting into trouble the hooligans right they're who kind of i don't know like again is i don't know it's a derogatory term i don't want to just say that and then people come at me again like this guy's hooligans, <laughs> hooligans too, too? Uh, uh well we'll just say they're they're kids with with um what <laughs> daniel's eyes <just laughs> bleeding kids with issues is that, that sounds that, worse, actually. Kids a hooligan. A hooligan is a violent young troublemaker, typically one of a gang. So they are a gang. Well, they are a gang, though. And they're and they play on like the, being down? reservation, the, the, like reservoir dogs, but it's called reservation dogs. So yeah. there's a lot of movie references in it, and it's funny. And it is based on native Indians yeah. living on a reservation. So there are native Indian uh, elements to it. There's the cop who we've seen a lot. I've seen a lot in uh, Westworld. Yeah. Um. And there's, I, I don't know if it's a dream sequence, but there is a native Indian who's really just fucks with them. Oh, that's my sec- that's the second that's F-word. That's the second one. That's going to cost us. Hold on. But, yeah, we could afford it. We yeah. got, um, we got, but it looked funny. Like I, and it's produced by Taika Waititi, yeah. so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. The only issue I have with it is it's a FX Hulu, so I don't even know what the hell that is. Just make it one. So I'm assuming we'll get it here on Star. Star. Maybe. FX Hulu equals Star. Yeah. That's, you know? FX plus Star plus Hulu equals... We might see it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A uh, rapscallion means a, mis- a mischievous person. Oh, so what do yeah. you guys prefer calling them? Uh, Delinquents. Oh. Oh, that sounds dangerous. We'll see. I don't know, man. They're just kids. With the bad kids, man. Bad kids. They're bad just, kids. Oh, they're not no, bad, no, though. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm I don't just... know, man. They do <laughs> rob something, so. They do rob people, right? I, what did they rob? They rob, like, they, a truck full yeah, of. a truck of chips. Chips. That's. Chippies. Like, I don't, I wouldn't do that. Like, I know I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. But Would you go to jail for chips, though? Would you go? Yeah, you'd go to jail for robbing a truck, though. It doesn't matter. So you're telling me it doesn't matter what is in the truck. So if it I'm does. robbing a truck that's filled with children that they were trafficking, yeah. I'd be going to jail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you're this you're, world is messed. You up. are impeding in front of a business. I think. <laughs> oh, God no. <laughs> you are getting in the way of someone's uh, trafficking. Business. Someone's livelihood. Yeah, well, they can sue you. Sorry, kids. <laughs> sorry, kids. I couldn't save you this you time. Know, God. <laughs> Out this week, we have Snake Eyes and Old. And old Snake Eyes. <laughs> old Snake Eyes. Black Bear. Uh, and Behind the Attraction on Disney+. Plus. So Snake Eyes and Old will be available in theaters only. 
whereas Behind the Attraction will be available on Disney Plus only. So there we go. You've you've made your choice. Keep your old snake eyes peeled. Okay? Keep your snake eyes peeled. <laughs> what are we watching this week, Anthony? Let's start off with you. Yeah. So this week I started the week off with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the '90s, and I put on the whole series which is on crave so teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze and teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 which i didn't even know they had until i saw it next to teenage mutant have ninja you seen, turtles have 2 have you seen the new ones did you know 3 existed though or you know oh you didn't know 3 existed, existed. Didn't know three existed? <gasps> no or maybe i just it's forgot not, maybe about it. it's, it's just, not great yeah yeah it's not great no yeah, um I really enjoy the first one because i feel like it's the darkest and it, yeah. it has elements that are very dramatic but like the second one and third one just kind of become super cheesy and right. super cringy at points um and the and turtles the budget look, feels lower too and the budget budget uh well i think the budget's higher because the but first one feels but it feels lower yes uh and the turtles look different mm. they, they they started growing spots at the on They're the last one older man you it's know? just so <laughs> i just spots. i don't know i just like the new york vibe <laughs> of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and yeah. i didn't mind the costumes and the practical effects that they had which was for that time must have been like astonishing just to get that type of work and being <laughs> a, this dude in a turtle suit doing you karate know? and dealing with shredder and the 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 hand is it the hand are they the hand the no the, the foot clan foot clan foot clan yeah hand, hand is from is daredevil daredevil yeah. yeah um put on euro cup <laughs> final <laughs> italy has won so i'm super excited yes, that congratulations i'm gonna congratulate you in the beginning that's, that's what i was gonna start off with like in the italian champs anthony yeah, so I'm super excited that they won, and they won it fair and square, no issues, no... No controversy no, at all. No stabbing. Well, there is controversy, but that's on the English side, and that's their own doing, but right. other than that, like the Italians were gentlemen, and they played a really well game. Did you see um, at the Ted Lasso premiere? Yes. Um, Jason Sudeikis wore a shirt with the three players' names. Yeah, who, that was yeah. awesome. Um, who were, who've been targeted with racism because of missing the penalty shots. So. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was nice. nice to see that. Uh, Fear Street 1966. There is a review 16, out there. 1666. <laughs> what did I say? 1966. Yeah. yeah. We 16. Should, I wonder what 1966 would be. Not much different than 78, I guess. <laughs> Fear Street 1666. There is a review uh, for that out on our podcast feed. I will also watch Space Jam in preparation for Legacy. I. Uh, I don't. I, I I watched Space Jam quite a bit of times, but this is the first time I really focused on the the story, the story. But just like even the effects, and man, it's not great. It's not a great film. <laughs> like I think Roger Rabbit did a better job oh, of yeah. combining two oh, D animation and live action together. Totally, you can clearly see there's a lot of green screen effects happening in this in this movie, and they just it was that point in in time where green screen was just becoming more and more apparent but it just didn't fit well with the the movie no. so space jam was 1996 mm -hmm. who framed roger rabbit was 89 yeah and i remember see, again robert zemeckis produced by uh was spielberg a yep. part was part of it too right and like you see uh i love watching behind the scenes for who framed roger rabbit because what they what they did like to make it feel so real and believable and then you see like behind the scenes of like space jam where it's just like michael jordan with everybody in green suits. in a room with yeah. just green <clears throat> right and i think maybe the same issues that the new one has a little bit too but we'll get there i i, I think the, the way i'll give space jam a pass for that is i remember when, especially when watching the last dance you kind of see uh michael jordan's schedule and how they probably only had like a month 
or two yeah. to film this movie at tops. And, you know, when you have someone who's as busy as Michael Jordan, who's as in demand as Michael Jordan, yeah. all they can really do is toss you in a room that's green and say, we're just going to film this movie for kids. Just shut up and do it. Yeah. But they probably couldn't say shut up to Michael Jordan, though. No. I wouldn't say shut up to Michael Jordan. I would never say that to him. No. He would, he would somehow challenge me to a basketball yeah. game and then just crush me. Because he took it personally. He but the story was a lot better. Well, you, the story was... It made, made sense. It made more sense than it this. Was, yeah, the, it was definitive the, in a way. And it was a family movie, and it had family elements to it. And, and Danny we'll DeVito. We're going to get to... I'll get to Space Jam Legacy. <laughs> and Danny DeVito. Uh, Loki season... Uh, season 6. Episode 6. Season finale, yeah. We <laughs> wrap have that up. Now. There's a review for that. Watch Jolt. I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about Jolt? We'll save it. We'll save yeah. Jolt. Jolt is saved for another day. It lives to tell another day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Put that on Netflix. And I turned it off on Netflix real quick. <laughs> counts as a view, though. It counts, it counts as, as a view. view. No, yeah. Like, I got, I was, I want to say a good hour and a half, a good hour in it. Oh, wow. Long a, an hour and 20 minutes. I got at least like four it hours in it. It felt really, really long. This is a movie I thought I was going to have a lot of fun with just be based on the, the trailer and having all these action sequences. But I just couldn't connect with the characters and I couldn't connect with the story. And the action sequences, yes, they were great and fun. But it, this movie has a weird element where it's taking Atomic Blonde and John Wick, but and it's but it's tied into like this Rodriguez Tarantino yes, style movie, right. and it's just too much happening, and I just couldn't, I just didn't like the it. The lore I just, was too much, too much. Yeah, and I th- and I think you know Shane and I tried watching it too, and uh, we both ended up turning it off because we were just like, this is like what's not connect- what's, connecting what, with me right yeah, now. Yeah, what, what's the purpose of this film? Why do you want me to watch this and connect with it? And if you can't get me, I just... And we were excited for this film. Yeah, too. we were yeah. very excited. The cast is great. The trailer looked cool. But the film takes so long to get off the ground. Like, we got about 40 minutes into it, Daniel, I'll yeah. say. And nothing had happened. Yeah. And I think that's just, unfortunately, um, another case of like where the trailer is just like a really well-cut trailer yeah. versus the final product. Right yeah. Now. Space Jam Legacy. Put a that, new legacy. A new legacy. Sorry. Yeah. A new legacy. I didn't write that in, but I will. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Give, give us your thoughts. <laughs> and that's my thoughts on Space Jam and New Legacy. I, I, I put it on and the moment this movie started, I knew I wasn't going to like it. And the reason being is it's not LeBron and it's not because LeBron took over the Michael Jordan and the nostalgia for it. I think that part of the movie was okay with me and the family elements of the movie were okay. What I had issues with was the overabundance of IP driven into the story and the actual Looney Tunes becoming side characters to their story. It really bothered me seeing that Uh, this movie is not a space jam movie. It's not even, there's no space elements that take place in this movie. So it's, it's just, an IP advertising film that it was just overabundance. Even there are sequences where you see all these different Warner Brothers characters, they're put in, and you have the Looney Tunes, who I haven't seen on screen for so long, being becoming side characters to yeah. it. And I just didn't like that. I'm like, why can't we just have a simple Looney Tunes film, you know, with LeBron James who saves the day? Right. Um I, I'm I'm 100% with you, and I think, you know, we look at films, especially if you look at the last, let's say, seven or eight years from Warner Brothers specifically, this isn't the first kind of IP 
driven film they had. So we had Space Jam A New Legacy, we had Ready Player One, we had the Lego movies, which the Lego movie makes sense because that's what, that's what it that is. was, right? Even Ready Player One gets a pass for that. Yeah, there's a lot, it's, it's very marketed through the different cameos, right? But those, at least story-wise, make sense. Where in this one, what bothers me is that they're not references. No. They're, everything in this film isn't a reference. It literally is just, hey, you know that thing you like? You got like Austin Powers, right? Yeah. Let's cut to a clip of Austin Powers. And it felt like, is this just like a montage? Like what? Like it's literally, and then, and then you drop the Looney Tunes in, which got laughs out of me, you know, like Sylvester being like Austin Powers and like, uh, was it? Was Elmer Fudd, who was, was Mini Me? It was Elmer, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah Sylvester was in it too. You know, had, and then you had like Wild E. Coyote in uh, Mad, Max. Mad Max. So, like, there's some funny moments in that, but it's just so few and far between that it literally is just them copying and pasting and just showing. It's mm-hmm. literally just them showing, hey, look at this, rather than Why making a smart also? reference, you know? Like, yeah, let's make a reference to uh, Austin Powers or that, like, that doesn't. Casablanca, too. You know, it's just like. What are you expecting? Like, you know, it's just, it's just very strange. And I see a lot of arguments saying, well, this is a kid's film and it's designed for kids. But I'm like, well, kids don't want to see that. Like, kids films that last and become memorable don't have any of this type of shenanigans happening in the story. Like, make it memorable. You had like 20 years to, to really think of this story and this is what you gave 25, 25 years. years and this is what you gave me. You give me a... a you know, like a this IP advertisement for Warner Brothers. It, no, that's that's not right. That's not a kid's film. It was the equivalent for me in a lot of moments and not as well as at the beginning of award shows when like, especially like the Oscars or the Golden this Globes more, or whatever. This is more like the MTV Movie Awards. The MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, look, yeah. they put Jack Black in a bunch of scenes from all these movies that you love or yeah. from 20 years ago. Exactly the vibe that I got. And it literally is like, here's these little mini stories that we're telling like Lola training with Wonder Woman but it's like okay it's Wonder Woman from a comic book even though we're in the server verse shouldn't it be a Wonder Woman movie they you know even, like you would like it's, it's like even within their own world they're inconsistent yeah. with it and again people say but it's a kids movie I get it but it's not an excuse to tell a bad story adults made this yeah right so adults come on. wrote it come on created it and again we were in a theater with kids and I don't think they gave a single F yeah, like we were out of F. Dude, when you F's, don't yeah. reference the first movie, there is an issue. Like, is this a sequel to a first? How do literally, you not it was, reference? It was a small little a thumbnail on the screen, like, oh look, because they own Space Jam. They probably just put it in there, like, oh yeah, this was and literally just the a server for like a second, yeah, yeah. twice. But twice it's just like her, yeah. them just cheering. Also, the crowd cheering was just bizarre, bizarre, because all of them were threatened to be deleted, but they were all cheering anytime the Goon Squad scored. And, and it's also, like, but what are you? What? What? Why are they happy? Barney Rubble's like cheering when when Don Cheadle turns into like his his like uh his beast mode version. And it's right. like why? But he's gonna be deleted, Barney. Like, what's going on here? There there was also the fact that they had the weirdest IPs courtside, like the ones that you're not thinking about, like the nun, and then you had the guys from Clockwork Orange, Orange, you had the orange. mask out there, but then you have like the ones that people care about, like Animaniacs in a corner yeah. where you just see their ears, or you have like the Flintstones and the Jetsons in a corner all, where you can't all see All away because you don't want to see the, 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 budget. the budget, right? But you said it best, Shay. 
with these with these characters look they like. were looking like they were straight out of spirit halloween like these yeah. were just yeah. on sale items <laughs> on sale because items. they look and at one point i couldn't tell who was who like there was like you know discount danny devito you had arnold schwarzenegger from uh mr freeze as mr freeze and it's just like who who is this movie for because i'm not finding this funny no. and i know these references kids won't know these yeah. references so they'll be like what the hell is this they're like, not I, watching game of thrones kids aren't watching game of thrones like kids, kids that this yeah. movie's meant for. Yeah, and again, the Looney Tunes take a backseat. Very, very strange. Yeah. Was that all you watched? Oh, and then the NBA Finals. Which ones? The the ones that that just on. happened. That's just well, like the the series. The ones happening right now. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, like you went back and revisited. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> you know, after Space Jam, I wanted to watch Michael Jordan win it all yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm going for the Bucks. Going for the Bucks sounds good. All right, Daniel, what about yourself? Uh, for myself, I started watching, uh, thanks to our friends at Disney, for uh, Behind the Attraction. So I watched a couple episodes of that. Uh, really loved getting a, a deep dive into some of these incredible rides like Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrowland. Sorry, um, I meant Space to say Mountain. Space Mountain that is in Tomorrowland and um, Star Tours. So we got little glimpses of this in the Imagineering story, but it's nice to have an actual dedicated series where we're talking to the Imagineers all about it. Uh, Ted Lasso Season 2, we could finally talk about. Absolutely loving it so far. I cannot wait to see where the show goes again. Spoiler free, but if you loved season one, you're going to love where the show goes in season two. Uh, like Anthony said, uh, Fear Street 1666, Space Jam, Loki, Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, put on Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Haven't seen it in a little while. Great classic 2000s film, you know, just had a great time with that. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, I think we've already spoken enough about. And uh, I put on, randomly put on a bunch of Owen Wilson comedies yesterday. So I put on like Wedding Crashers and Hall Pass. Wedding Crashers actually finished. Hall Pass I put on for a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to do something else. I didn't really pay attention, but. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, Star, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Yes. What was the other one I put on? I totally forgot about Todd that Phillips. Movie. Todd Phillips. So not sure why I did, but it happened. Was it? Is it good? Is it? Does it hold? Uh, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's, it's I've fine. I've once. I, I wasn't a fan. Uh, Wedding Crashers, though. I haven't seen Wedding Crashers in probably like 15 years. Damn. I've Damn. never I've never really revisited Wedding Crashers mm-hmm. other than like since elementary school. So yeah. going back to it I'm like, "Oh, this was like a so this, good? Was a, this was a fun movie." So you know? Up, kitty cat? It's it it I mean again, like most 2000s comedies, there is some jokes where like, "Yeah, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be okay <laughs> that, now." You can't do that today. <laughs> you can't do that now, but it's very much a product of its time, but it's still fun. Yeah. Still fun. Yeah, I get you. Uh, for myself, Fear Street 1666, Ted Lasso, absolutely loving season two. Can't wait to talk more about it. But yeah, you're going to love it if you love season one. I was nervous going into season two about it, but I'm glad that season two is just kicking ass as well. I finished Schmigadoon, which is coming to Apple TV Plus this week. Or first three out? first three episodes are out now. Out now? Okay. Yeah. Phenomenal. So good, right? This show, from start to finish... It didn't have any right to be this good. It didn't have any right to be this catchy. It is so damn funny. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key and... Uh, Cecily Strong. Ce- I always have trouble saying her name. Cecily Strong. Um, absolutely nail it. There's The supporting cast is phenomenal as well. The show is just my kind of humor and Daniel's kind of humor. Anthony, I hope you maybe give it a shot and see if it is your kind of humor. But man, the songs are just so funny, right? So funny. This yeah. is the show, and it, it's just, it's, it's well-paced. It's just short enough, and I really hope... They come back with a season two or just something. Just something. Yeah, and I, and I think what, again, what the show benefits from, which we've spoken about with, like, the Marvel shows, too. And it, and it, and it like, usually when we have, like, a really 
a great show. We we've seen a kind of consistency in the director, same director throughout. Yeah. Right. And it's it's nice seeing that in television because mm-hmm. you don't always see that in the television world where it's usually it's kind of handed off to different directors. Right. It's nice having a consistent kind of captain throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it not, doesn't always play out right. Doesn't no, it always, doesn't. doesn't also doesn't. Right, so yeah, sometimes it's burnout for sure. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, which we spoke about as well. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Jolt, which we are not going to be speaking about right now. Lives to tell another day. I'm telling you. Live to tell another day. Uh, Loki, episode six, Space Jam 1, which I just love. Uh, Space Jam and your legacy, which I don't love. <laughs> uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. I went back to the theaters. We did go back to the theaters. We, we didn't go, even talk we about didn't, that. We haven't expressed our theater going backness. Wow. Well, do we even love movies? But you know why? Because the first film we went back for was Space Jam: New Legacy, so that's also why true. we didn't. And we also spoke about it on our reviews. So yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we're back to the theaters. Ontario's open, and I mean, Nate's question at the beginning did preface all that as yes. well. Uh, but I, <clears throat> in the, in the nighttime, I went to go watch A Quiet Place Part Two. I don't know why I said it like that in the nighttime, like no, it was, like, it was like I'm a child. Does, does it matter? Like a stalker. <laughs> it was in the nighttime. It was, it was late. Um, it was a school night. <laughs> in, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed it more the second time. I oh, think I watched that being too in the in the theater with this movie was was a different experience and it really really stood out to me. I put on a Pirates of the Caribbean a Dead Man's Dead Man's Chest. Um not a, a Dead, dead Man's man. Chest. Dead Man's <laughs> Chest last night. I haven't seen this movie probably since it came out and I did not enjoy it the second time. Uh it takes way too long to get into it. It takes about an hour for da- uh, Davy Jones to show up, but man, the special effects on Davy Jones still hold up. Yeah. Unreal. Phenomenal. Absolutely unreal. I also watched a few episodes of Behind the Attraction, so I've seen so far Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, uh, Space Mountain, and Hall of Presidents. So there's a few episodes that I still haven't gotten a chance to watch yet, but really enjoying it. It's nice to kind of get some more information. Uh, To be honest, though, I did enjoy the Imagineering story more. Yeah. I felt like that one uh, balanced the brevity of the situation along with the levity very well, where I feel like behind the attraction is a lot more fun, which, which, which is totally fine and totally great, but it almost seems like it, it doesn't talk about the struggles as much. It kind of just brushes past them. I, I think, yeah, I think as well with behind the attraction, it feels more like, and again, this is no, this is not to criticize it mm-hmm. at all. It feels like more for like a made for TV special. Totally. Where like, Oh, this would play like on ABC, like yes. before movie or something. Right. Where the Imagineering story felt like almost like a like a documentary, a documentary mm-hmm. like a cinematic documentary that we would watch at a an event or something like yeah. that. Totally. So, um, both great, both will are great sources of information. Absolutely. Um, but if you want something more specific to a ride that you love, definitely behind the attraction. And this it. is a series produced by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. So he does also show up in there. Such a strange producer. Yeah, I I honestly I honestly believe it because of Jungle Cruise. Yes, there's oh. an episode about Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So that's kind of why. I think that's why he was like, yeah, I want to promote my movie. Let's start doing a show about this. Guys, I'll be a producer on it. I'll give you yeah. some money. Let's jump into our topic of the show. <laughs> our top 10 or top whatever. Let's our, just, let's just top X. Our top X. Top X. Um, rated films? <laughs> top X rated films. What was your favorite X rated film, Danny? Uh, I can't talk about it. No. Yeah. It's not. It's a Or, or out of our X for this episode. That's why. <laughs> It's in the title. It's just F. It's just F, 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 F. Like, no! Friends, family, fun. Um, (laughs) Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Anthony. So, there's no order to this. No. um, But there is a mixture of movies and TV shows. More movies than TV shows. 
But my order, my list is Saint Maud, Nobody, Zola, A Quiet Place Part Two, Luca, The Father, Minari, Cruella, Mayor of Easttown, and WandaVision. And we're just gonna you just, you just drop them all. We're gonna drop okay. them all. On I us, just eh? dropped them all. I like it. I, you know, I was going through this list, and especially with The Father and Minari, I literally thought I watched this last year, same, but I'm like, yeah. just yeah, because. Same. January, February, and March feels so long ago that it almost like I don't even remember watching these films during that time, but I did, and I was yeah. shocked to realize, holy shit, those movies are 2021 films, and they really connected with me, especially the father and Anthony Hopkins um, acting in yeah. his performance. Saint Maud for me was a huge film. I I love that horror. Um, psychological element. And there with, are mental illnesses, like Catholicism, and, and everything. Catholicism, that, yeah. and you just didn't know what was real and what was not. So, mm. fantastic A two four film. And then there's I have another A two four film, which is Lola being on there and just surprising the the hell out of me with their their story of you know this this Twitter rant or Twitter Zola, yeah. Twitter feed that Did you say Lola or yeah. Zola? I said Zola. Oh, okay. oh I heard you say Lola. And I'm like, Lola bunny was eight two four made a Lola bunny movie. <laughs> yeah. No, did I say Lola? I think I, I said Zola. We'll, Maybe the we'll way let the audience the show. If yeah. you think Anthony said Lola, but yeah, Zola just whack wild story that you didn't, you wouldn't expect to be real, but it is real. And this is what happens when you go to Florida. And the elements of, <laughs> Moral of, of the story. Yeah. That, that should just be the tagline on the poster. An, it's such an A24 film and the way they shot it and the characters are in it. It's just something A24 did such a great job with. It's, it's amazing that A24 now just has, you see something and you're like, yeah, that feels like an A24 film. And I think yeah. that's so cool as a studio that, Again, they're just a distributor and like a production house. Like sometimes they they'll acquire films and something like that. But it's just so funny that you could just watch something like, yeah, this is an A two four ass film. Yeah, you know that's really cool. Another movie that surprised me was Cruella. I never, I didn't think I would like it, and I really didn't care for the Dalmatian Dalmatian story. I'm like, why would I care about Cruella? But the story they brought and Galepsi, who directed this movie. His his vision for this film really, really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And I hope to see a sequel soon. And I hope to see more Cruella stories where it's not just her being the Cruella I remember being right. cruel, uh, but having these crazy adventures with uh, with her with her Horace team. And yeah. yeah. I think I think there's a lot Don't more they range. could do. And I and I think just to speak to Cruella, Cruella was on my list too. Um I just remember just having such a great time watching it and us watching at home i was just like man like this would have been one really great to see on the big screen but also just it's just such a well-made movie yeah Yeah. and we haven't really had that as much with the live action disney films where it's been a little bit more inconsistent right where this did exactly what i think we always kind of want these live action films to do where it's take inspiration where you can but also just don't give us a copy and paste of what's already been done. Yeah. I think that's where Cruella yeah, does such Cru- a good job. Cruella also on my list as well because it was a big surprise. Didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And I think performance-wise, Emma Stone was just nailing it. The film had really cool elements. It, What I loved about it as well is that it really 
took its story and it took its character and kept developing it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when you talk about these origin stories of, of villains and other characters, they forget what it's about still. And they try to tell a story that's already been told. Right. Whereas this one is still telling a story that's been told, but it's so focused on that character that you, it's still a character-driven film. Definitely. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun. The music, the setting, the the design. I, I, I think it's still a lock for best... Uh, production and, and costume you know for next year oh 100 so, if it doesn't costume if, if it doesn't win best for costume sure. design next year unless then like, we phantom set the dalmatians on the academy yeah against which one phantom thread 2 because oh, <laughs> i heard they, there's rumors <laughs> that that's coming out this year <laughs> god no please still, still the phantom <laughs> um one of the ones that i mean a lot of the ones that you've already touched on but uh, i'll throw one out there yeah. that i really really enjoyed and um it's it's been stuck in my mind a lot and i didn't expect it to be was uh, the mauritanian yes uh, mm-hmm. starring tahar rahim uh jody foster and oh my god there's one more person in that film oh Sh- shailene woodley Shailene yeah. Woodley, yeah and benedict uh, cumberbatch and benedict cumberbatch and course. zachary levi and zachary levi how many other people in this movie uh that's about uh, there's a lot of people in this film but this movie um I thought it was, well, shot super well, directed really well, and just the acting from everybody in this movie was just phenomenal. Um, it's a very heartwarming story, and it also is, it punches you in the heart a lot of times, too. So there's a lot in this movie that I think stood out to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if I go back before the year ends to watch it again, um, and definitely watch it maybe once every couple of years because it is just a really well done story and it, it hit me in the feels a lot. Mm-hmm. I think with that movie too, I think it's it's gone so under the radar with a lot mm-hmm. of people that we haven't really seen it. Like, I don't think it was at the Oscars or, uh, or if it was be able to be considered for the Oscars, but um, it's just such a well-made movie and there's some sequences in it that are very hard to watch that like, again, it, it puts you, it places you in the, I think the bigger sense of the world. And just like, this is something that there's much bigger issues in the world than what whatever I'm going through, things like that. But yeah, it just it's just so well done. And I think um, mm-hmm. you know the performances in it, especially from um, Tahir Rahim, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he was great. And then, Anthony, Daniel, what about yourself? Do you, do you, <sighs> you know, for myself, uh, I know like we spoke about it earlier in the show, and then Anthony mentioned it too. I think Wandavision to start off the year. In Jan- January, I think thirteenth, it premiered, and it kind of spawned and spun into a show that was probably the least ex- excited for like most people like, were. I, I literally, it's still excited, but yeah. just a little bit. Low. You know, people were just like, "Yeah, Wandavision, like we'll see what it is," and then it turned into uh, the excitement wise for that being. And I think even though like Loki had a bigger premiere than Falcon, the Winter Soldier had a bigger premiere than it. It set the it set the standard, I think, for what to expect from the MCU in terms of like going forward and i also love that it also feels the most different from anything we've seen in the mcu mm-hmm. where because they committed to those different television um decades decades you're you were visually getting something different every week and i love that where falcon and the winter soldier i think made strides where it was telling a story about a black man becoming captain america and loki telling more of a multiverse story i think what wandavision did um was just really really special and i think those weeks leading into it with the speculation and the build-up it was such a great return to the mcu after almost two years and then obviously we've spun into the other mcu shows as well too so it's been great uh movie wise another one that we watched in january that's still not technically out yet because it's going to be on apple tv plus in august coda Mm -hmm. i think was 
Yeah, on my list as well. Phenomenal film this year that I think when our when our listeners get to watch this in August on Apple TV Plus, they're going to fall in love with it. And it's just so, so well done. I truly hope so because yeah, that was that was the next one that I was going to talk about as well because it was beautiful. It caught us by surprise. We had heard that it was getting you know some good buzz at Sundance, so we're like, okay, let's let's just watch this at Sundance yep. over there. And man, opening night film for Sundance too. Loved it. Just absolutely loved it. It was so well done, and I can't wait when it comes out in August to show my family. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those films that you can't wait to watch with people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I think you know we we've touched on a lot of them, but. Uh, continuing on the TV side, Mare of Easttown is another one that yeah. every week we were just, I think every, every episode perfectly paced, perfectly presented to us. It wasn't one episode too short. It wasn't one episode too long. It literally was just the perfect story. Yeah. Kate Winslet, phenomenal. The entire cast, what a great story. And just, again, the Emmys this year are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. phenomenal show. Super, super surprised with that film, that, that TV series. Just putting it on for the first episode and really getting to know these characters in this small town. And all of a sudden, this murder happens. And just every episode, was you were just glued to your seat. And you were trying to guess who the who the killer was. Who's, and But there was these different... The director did such a great job. And the writing cast and everyone did such a great job of taking... Uh, two stories or three stories or four stories and putting them all together still cohesively mm-hmm. never getting yeah. lost never never p- uh, pacing issues never um, detouring or, or right. causing issues where like oh this is too much information yeah and it never feels it. like a whodunit either yeah like, yes. it's, it wasn't presented to be like you'll never guess who it was like it wasn't that it yeah. just felt like such a real story you want yeah. to know right? at the end of the at the end of the show who did kill her but it also wasn't the main thing no there were so many other threads that you wanted to kind of see resolved and the show i think did a phenomenal job of that another um movie i want to throw out there that we got a chance to see at sundance um which it's, it's kind of been on my mind is censor censor uh, yeah it's another i had one. a really good time with that film well in the in a way that you can enjoy a movie yeah. like that, you know? But it's one you think about long after. It's one, it's one that you think about long after because it was just creepy. It gave me that psychological horror elements that, you know, Anthony's mentioned here about uh, St. Maud. Whereas this one, I felt like it, it also was about movies. And I love movies yeah. about movies, whether what kind of movies they are. And I, and I think... Uh, they did a phenomenal job at this movie. They really, they really nailed the B horror look. Yeah, the video nasties. The video, what, is that that's, what the, it? that's what they call it. Yeah, the oh, video nasties. I don't like the face you made though when you said uh, it. The video nasties. You had like a cigar in your mouth when you said it too. The, the video nasties. Yeah. Uh, See here, uh, it's Sean Sean Connery, very yeah. Sean Connery. Um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and uh, I think one of the movies that we all loved a lot this year was Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. film. You know, you guys had a chance to talk to Billy McLennan, which was a wicked interview when I heard it. Billy's um, a great, like, honestly, like, Billy, like, so we had some technical difficulties after the recording ended, right? And our, our Zoom call just. Were you guys using the WB serververse? Is that what? Algae rhythm. Algae rhythm messed with us. But no, like, so our, our Zoom just crashed, uh, right? After we, we were done, because we were just having a conversation with him. And, like, Billy was so cool that he actually just, like, he messaged us. And he was just like, hey, send me another link. We'll finish our conversation. We were talking for another, like, half an hour with him. That's crazy. He's a cool guy. And nobody, cool. nobody's Very, very cool. Yeah. He loves film. He loves TV. He's, he's like, like one of us, but an actor. I think he is one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and we ever do a nobody commentary, he said he'd be down for yeah. it. Oh, so. I love it. Um, and he's going to be having Cam Tipsy, which is going to hopefully be coming out soon as well, yeah. too, which is one of his films that he wrote. Um, yeah, nobody. 
like Bob Odenkirk, phenomenal. Bobby Odes. Bobby Odes. And I think what nobody did um, did so well. I think like I love John Wick, mm-hmm. but nobody was just like a different version of that, which I like because yeah. he felt so real. He felt so real. He also felt just so like like he's a moral man. Like he could be killed, mm-hmm. you know. And like John Wick, like Keanu is a machine. So you always know he's going to come out on top, but it felt like every punch that Bob Odenkirk took could be the last one he did, right? Mm-hmm. So that was so cool. Do you guys want to throw out maybe one more movie, one more TV show each? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go rapid fire through my oh, list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a list as well too? I've got somewhat of a list. Most of them already been mentioned. Uh, you know, like we spoke about Minari. I wanted to talk about uh, Barb and Star as well too. I yes. think we had such a good time with. Yeah. Um, obviously, the father, the Mortanian. Um, one obviously that got a lot of. Praise and attention this year. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. I do want to shout it out because I do think, regardless of what our criticism and everything were with it, I'm so happy that it exists. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that Zack got to make bring it to its completion and finish his vision. And who knows what will come from it, but I'm just so happy that we got to watch it. And I honestly do think it was such a better film than what we originally got. Uh, Shiva Baby is a big one that I absolutely loved this year that we watched. Love and Monsters, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Um, Cruella we spoke about. Riders of Justice was another great one. A Quiet Place Part 2, Luca, Roadrunner, Zola we spoke about, Black Widow, uh, The Tomorrow War. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> Werewolves Within. <laughs> uh, obviously, the Fear Street trilogy we had a great time with. And yeah, it's been, it's been a great year. Again, like I think just television-wise and just movie-wise... When you kind of think about it, like in the grand scheme of things, we're like, yeah, has there been very mem- memorable things? But it's when you're putting our list together and we include like Minari and The Father and technically even Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Got its release this year. There's so many like amazing movies that we've already gone. And again, we're only 54.53% done the year. That's true. I didn't think about that. You know? It's closer to 70%. <laughs> we round up to the next <laughs> We one. round up much higher. Um, again, who knows? Like, we know what's coming still this year, anticipation-wise. Yeah. Yeah. We still have a bloody James Bond movie coming out this year. A bloody James a Bond? A bloody James... Like, yeah. I was saying it was British. Like, we have a bloody James Bond movie still, you know? Was that a British I accent? think that was, like, Australian? Or that was a little Australian. That was a little Australian. Yeah, that was a little Australian. That was a little Taika. That was a little Taika. It was a little New Zealand. Like, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the plane you between the New Zealand. Yeah. Between both islands. I had to do both. Yeah. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon as well was another really fun one. But yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting year so far. And knowing what we still have to come, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I know. Uh, for me, you know, I'm going to throw out uh, Body Swap, Without Remorse, Wrath of Man, those are some great films that <laughs> I like, wait, wait a minute. It, wait took, a minute. it took me a second to process what you were saying. Especially body swap. Especially I think, body I think swap, that yeah. one is going to change the the movie game completely. No, Barb and Star is one that I obviously think about a lot too. I think Roadrunner, even though we have that controversy, still yep. really enjoyed it. Still had a great See, time. It's always that footnote now. Yeah. Always that footnote. Zola. I really liked Werewolves Within. I thought I had a great Fun time movie. with that too. There's a lot of great movies this year that um, you know ca- caught us by surprise. We talked about Riders of Justice, how fun that was as well. Uh, those who wish me dead, which you know, even though it might not be Taylor Sheridan's best, it still had some cool moments. Still in a good it. movie. Mortal Kombat, which wasn't the greatest movie, also. Oh yeah, for but probably. like fun moments again. In it. it it was self aware, and I think that's kind of the best that you can ask for. Um, and yeah, I, I think when you you shouted out there's Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's a that's a great point to bring up because it is important. It's still a miracle that it happened. It's still a miracle that it happened. Um, Cherry, absolutely. I can't finish my sentence. Cherry. 
I can't finish my sentences. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I Judas still think that Messiah. is one of the best performances this year that we've seen as well. You know, Lakeith and... Um, Daniel Kaluuya? Daniel Kaluuya. It's my name, Shane. I, I look at you and I'm like... You, you should remind me. What oh, you wow. should remind yeah, me. Who what are you? Who are you? Who are you again? But again, it's one of those... We're in a weird spot right now where my mind... I'm like, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah, that was last year. Because the Oscars are always our kind of stop point right yeah like minari the father judas and the black beside promising young woman those feel like 2020 movies they kind of are and another but... movie that also kind of caught me by surprise this year was palmer with uh, justin timberlake on great Apple film plus yeah great mm-hmm. film and he did a great performance in that movie too um was that was that 20 wow that, that was, was this year man january right? that was in january wild but um yes I think in terms of TV shows, this year, Mayor of Easttown had hit me like no other besides the Marvel shows because that's a given. Right. Um, if I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say that WandaVision is a very tough show to get into, and I can agree that the first two episodes might be a bit of a barrier to entry, but once you get past that, the show is phenomenal. It is a highly recommended show, and I think it is right now my favorite Marvel show that's out there. So please, if you if you couldn't finish WandaVision for any reason, power through it. I guarantee you, you'll have a great time. Definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Anything else that you guys want to touch on before we wrap today up? I just can't wait to see where the rest, you know, in the last uh, 43 point something percent of this year, 46 mm-hmm. percent of this year is going to look like. Yeah. How we have lists? TIFF coming up still. Yeah. yeah. And if our list stays the same. You know, we have a lot. When you look we at hate all these movies, by the <laughs> end of the year, like, September, oh, October, November, and December are absolutely ridiculous with not just movies, but like blockbuster films. So we're getting close to the Green Knight. We're getting close to James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And we're so. going to be seeing the Green Knight next week, too. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot coming up, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And we have Dune still on our mm-hmm. plate. We do. And French exit. And Top French, Gun. And Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. And Eternals. And, and, <laughs> and maybe the Matrix. Who knows? Do you, do you guys do you think, think the Matrix is this year? I don't think it's happening I don't this know. year. We haven't gotten any. Watch. I swear to God, if tomorrow Warner Brothers drops a trailer Spider-Man. for the Matrix. Spider-Man. It's going to be most, tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow, guys. The most we've gotten out of the Matrix this year was when they go to the Matrix world in Space Jam. In Space Jam, Space Jam yeah. Yeah. That was not good. What do you think of the Rick and Morty part, by the way? That's what I forgot to ask you. Did that do anything for you? No. Yeah. And it's like Rick and Morty just, wasn't it? They're just characters that they weren't there them, you know? Like they were just different. Yeah. They had to be it, it was the equivalent of them trying to make that Millennium Falcon moment in the Lego movie. Yes. Or yeah. just like, hey guys, and just like, oh my god. But like them, it was just like, oh, it's Rick and Morty. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the movie podcast. We had a great one. We talked to Kate Her- Heron, and I think she was absolutely phenomenal daniel great interview you did with her the, the, the questions again you asked were mind-blowing in my opinion i mean we spent a lot of every time on the percentage of the year every question but. stumped her she's like i don't have a calculator present for this question <laughs> kept asking her wandavision questions she's like i directed loki actually. you kept asking her dc related questions too she's really weird. like so what do you think about Zack snyder's justice league and she was like i don't want to talk about it. I was busy. I haven't seen it <laughs> um and we obviously talked about our top x TV and movies of this year, 2021. You can follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Letterboxd, and I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna make a MySpace. We're, we're gonna, gonna make a MySpace. We're gonna make a MySpace, Fine. and we're gonna be on there as well. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next.